Hello and welcome to The Insiders, our special edition of the Buildings of Tomorrow podcast, where we deep dive into real-life projects around the world and explore how digitalization is being implemented in the buildings industry. In today's episode, we will discuss a fascinating research project known as the Aspirin Smart City Research, which demonstrates how urban areas can be developed using market-oriented, scalable and cost-effective solutions to make energy systems more efficient and climate-friendly. Since October 2013, Siemens Austria has been operating one of the most innovative and sustainable energy efficiency demonstration projects in the areas of building technology and energy distribution as part of Aspen Smart City Research. The project unfolds a unique structure where researchers, engineers and users collaborate to closely evaluate new solution approaches based on state-of-the-art technologies. More than 100 individuals from various scientific fields are directly involved in the research. For example, that we are not developing equipment here in, in Seestadt Aspen. So we are just using equipment which is already available on the market. But there are always big gaps between the professions. They are installing the PV, they are installing the battery, they are installing the heat pump systems. But nobody is really responsible for the whole system when it comes to operation. Yeah? When it comes to operation, then the operator always says, okay, this is not working and that is not working and the software is not good enough, the user interface is not good enough because everything is already in place. But working together and developing these systems together, that brings us to a point where we can say, okay, when something is not working, we have all the people on the table to, to change it. Various research areas are tested at Aspen Smart City Research, including smart buildings, smart grids, and electromobility. The experience and data gained through the project will be used to develop energy systems for a sustainable future in Vienna and beyond. It starts with planning a building is the one thing. It has to do with length, with height, with voluminous, with everything which is the building, referring to the building. But how do I bring all this technology into the building? So the planners of the building and all uh, those people who create an energy system or plan an energy system have to work together in a very, very early stage. Joining us as our guest speakers today, we have Robert Grüneis, General Manager at Aspirin Smart City Research and Oliver Juli, Project Manager of Aspirin Smart City Research at Siemens. And without further ado, let's tune in with John and discover what this project is all about. Robert, Oliver, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us here. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. And hey, what we're going to talk about today with Aspen Smart City Research is something that's been going for some time. It's something that's really impressive in what you've done. And we're going to get into the details of that over the next minutes in our conversation. But before we dive in, I wanted to ask you to give us just a couple of keywords. If you're going to describe what this project is to you personally, but also to, to the organizations that are involved in it. What are those two or three words that you would choose? I'll come to you first, Robert, uh, to, to give us your input. As you ask for two words only, that's a really, really a, ch a challenge. It's a tough one, right? It's a tough point, yeah. So I would describe it like innovate together. That's, uh, oh. These are the perfect two words because uh, working together and uh, getting brighter, smarter uh, 
for the future uh, together is is it. So only in a team you can find out the best solutions. Amazing. Uh, th this is going to connect so well to our discussion today, and I think one of the core reasons uh, and and the core findings from from this. Uh, same question uh, over to you, Oliver. W what would you pick as your two words to describe? Mm, my suggestion would be it's a great success. So great success are my two words because we have a nine years history now, or nearly ten years. And I think that uh, the whole project, the whole program we are doing here in Aspen that is a great success. So these are my two words. Hey, put them together, we have four great words uh, <laughs> about learning together, getting smarter and, and finding success in doing so. Um, really excited for today because uh, even from a personal perspective, Aspen or ASCR is something that I've I've been looking and following uh, along some of the different topics where I, I, I spend my time working with BIM and Digital Twin and others. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Uh, and and let's dive in. Let, let's start at the start. Uh, you mentioned there, Oliver, uh, almost 10 years. Let's go back 10 years. Why, why did this start? What was the start of this project? And, and what were you trying to achieve? What were you setting out to do when ASCR began? And I'll come to you first, Oliver. But, um, but of course, from both of you, I'm, I'm looking for insight. Yeah, looking 10 years back uh, at the beginning, when we remember 10 years ago, there was the smart city uh, topic was coming up. Uh, and for us at Siemens, we talked at that time to combine buildings and networks together to make them communicating. Uh, so that was the, I would say, the basic idea and to develop the systems we need uh, to realize this vision, it was necessary to have partners on board. It was not possible anymore to develop such systems in a laboratory. It was clear to us that we need a, a city district, a partner city. Uh, we need someone in the area of distribution, network operating of an energy provider, utility. And the idea came up to have a a common project with the city of Vienna uh, and talking or thinking about how we can realize this project, we came to a point that we say it's better to have a, a common joint venture together to have a stable base for all these developments. Uh, it was clear from the beginning that it is not done with a few uh, euros. Uh, in the first five years period, we spent more than 40 million euros just on investing in the infrastructure we need in all the um, in all the framework and also the, the development uh, part. Uh, so we came to a point that we say a joint venture would be the best possibility to get the project done. So that was five years ago, in uh, 10 years ago, approximately in 2013. And now we are nine years old. We had a second period started in 2019. It's running up to 2023. And in sum, we have nearly 100 million euros now, including uh, national and international fundings. And, and we had a lot of success in developing uh, the, the systems we need for the future. So this is a small history now. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the teamwork, it, it functions right well. And, and I think it's a great success, yeah. May I, add, may I add something? Of course, Robert, please. 
Absolutely. So, uh, um, I think it's very important to stress or to look back what happened those times 10 years ago in Vienna. Um, and when you go back uh, around 2010, time of 2010, uh, a lot of people came to Vienna uh, and wanted to stay there, wanted to live there. And Vienna grew those times uh, from 2010 to 2017, uh, 17, I guess, it was 250,000 more inhabitants in Vienna. So the city saw that uh, and, and uh, set up a framework strategy, a smart city framework strategy, and asked ask itself, the whole city, the municipality and the politicians worked together uh, and asked several questions. How can we deal and uh, with that movement and how can we deal with that fact and how can we secure living quality uh, within the city? Uh, and they set up several goals in that framework strategy and one, uh, one goal was uh, to innovate, to have uh, research and development. That's very important. Um, and so they came to the point and they said, okay, we have an, a huge area in the north of Vienna, that's Aspen, the Seestadt Aspen, and we can use it. We can develop uh, a part of a city, a modern and innovative part of the city. And uh, we should do energy research because everything in a growing city is combined to energy uh, it has to be secure or safe, uh, quality of supply, and it has to be renewable uh, to reduce CO2 emissions and so on and so forth. And so within that framework strategy, uh, ISCA, Aspen Smart City Research, was born. And that's the basis, the Smart City Framework Strategy is the basis for our actions. And one thing... Uh, one, one important point is that we don't uh, do our research uh, on paper or only within uh, the IT or on the computer. We try things out. We build things. Oliver mentioned it. We invest. Um, we invested yeah, those times into energy plants, into uh, grid system, uh, into sensors into IT um, and we worked together uh, with people just to know what we should do research in. So that's for the beginning from my side. No, it's, it, it's amazing, Robert, and, and it links really well to my next question, which is, you know, this is the history and, and this challenge that Vienna found themselves in, in 2007 through till 2017 or, or give or take. Is a, is a challenge we see in many cities. We see urbanization as one of the global mega trends. We see cities growing. We see the challenge of how do we manage new people, but also maintain that quality of supply, the safety within our daily lives, but also stay green, try and reduce in general. And, and, and I love to see these kinds of projects and like you just described, because there's a real world need. Uh, this is not research for research's sake. This is a research to solve a problem that is burning. And and I really like how you also highlighted development. It's not just about putting things in practice and testing them. It's discovering then what the next solution is and what the next step would be. 
from your perspective, Robert, how if if you do you put yourself in in your shoes ten years ago, what was your vision? What 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 did you hope to achieve? And and what was on the cutting edge when you sat in those first discussions? When you when you signed those first uh, partnership agreements? What were, what was the the core behind this for for ACR as a as an organization as a as a project? Honestly said, in the first moment, I was a little skeptical that such a joint venture could work out because it's a big technology group, Siemens, with its own history, long, long history and culture. And on the other side, the companies, Wiener Netze, Wiener Energie, the main one, uh, the main shareholders, they have their own um a culture as well and uh yeah so i was a little skeptical if that could work out but then after a short time i realized that this working together establishing a r d program uh, is quite fruitful and could help so the the process itself with the acting watching the people acting together was very interesting and and made me feel um, good in a way. Yeah, and I thought, okay, that could work out, and we proved it in the end uh, that we solved major problems we faced those times. And now we are in the process. We are nine years old already. <laughs> we got wise for a nine-year-old child. Uh, but we are we are working on the next R and D program for the next years, and uh, we 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 define we see the progress and we find the, the necessary measurements to come to new results, which should help the people living in the city. Perfect. Before we jump into to what you looked at, uh, the you know the use cases, the technologies, I wanted to ask both of you. And we'll start with you, Robert. How important is it that this was done in the real world? How important is it that this is not on paper but is physical? Yeah, there's of course there's a difference. Um, you can do things on paper within the computer, but you have to see how it works. So normally, uh, the importance is in the details. Some Sometimes you realize then in, in praxis, uh, I forgot this thing or that thing. And uh, does it really work? You have to try it out. Um, that's one thing. And we realized it's very important to see what is going on, to talk with the people who are using or benefit from our developed technologies. Um, that's one thing. And now... We partly go a step back. We do more research uh, in a, in a own pro, uh, project use case like the building information modeling. So we are going a step back and then we try it out. But maybe Oliver wants to, to tell more about that. Yeah, same question to you, Oliver. How yeah. how important is the real world piece? And, 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 and maybe you have an example of some things that you... That, that together with the group you discovered or you found that you wouldn't have found if you were just living 
in in the digital or the research world? Yeah. Um, my opinion is that it is it is a must have uh, to do it in the real world. Uh, it does not make sense to develop uh, management systems in in a lab uh, and then and then try to sell it on the market uh, without a reference project. So what we see here is it's not just the utility and the network operator and the technology partner which is necessary to develop such systems. We are also in close operation with real estate developers, with construction companies, uh, and they are far away from our mindset of innovation. We are doing software and algorithms and all these things, and they are dealing with completely other domains. Uh, and it's much more efficient and, and, and we are much more faster when we are working together, really build real buildings in a city, install the new systems, try it out together. Um, everybody is looking at the same entity, I would say, uh, from different perspectives. And from my point of view, what, what is the real asset and the real benefit of this project here is that we, we speed up the development time uh, for the systems. So becoming much more, um, or, or the acceleration is much more um, necessary here. So mm -hmm. to, 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 really, to really get faster, in, in time to market. Uh, and that's the big advantage when you work together in a way we do it here in, in Seestadt Aspen. Maybe I, I can add one aspect. Oliver mentioned it, but trying things out in a real lab is one thing, but uh, those things we try out, they have to work, they have to function. So, oh, uh, our heat pumps have to deliver have to deliver heat. Uh, the batteries and the power system on the roof, which work together with the heat pump, they have to function. And in the apartment, in the office buildings, it has to be warm and cooled, and there has to be electricity available around 24/7. That's one thing. But you try it out, you you optimize, and so on. And the reason for that acceleration Oliver mentioned is that you have to think very precisely before you start uh, going into the real lab, going to talk with people to uh, set up the use case and, and do the necessary measurements, investments and, uh, and everything. So you have to think before and then go into action. And that accelerates in the end all the product products for our owners, for our shareholders. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it before, Oliver and Robert. You you mentioned it earlier as well. This partnership, that whether they're the shareholders, whether they're the, the technology partners, would would you be successful? Would you be signing up now for the next phase through to to for the next years, if if those partners and this partnership didn't work? If it did not work, <laughs> yeah. How is this an essential piece? The this this level of partnership and collaboration. Yeah, definitely, uh, because we we need to have a, a closer look to all aspects of our energy system. 
it does not make sense to have just one different part of it in mind. So it was always our approach uh, to have the whole value chain in mind uh, from the beginning, from the building or from the network up to the user. Uh, and I think this is this is necessary to find uh, working solutions in a, in a short time frame. And we all know that uh, we have a lot of pressure on the energy system, on our energy world. Um, and, and we have to speed up uh, bringing our solutions to the market, to the people. Um, and what we also see is that sounds a little pessimistic now, but you need time to develop all these systems. Yeah, it's not enough to have PV on the roof and the battery storage and the and the heat pump systems in the cellar. You also have you need the management systems. You need the infrastructure. You need all the applications to deal with that amount of data you get from all these sensors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And 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 this is not visible to most of the people. This is real technology in the background. This is you can you can compare it with an iceberg. You see just the 10% which is above the water, but the infrastructure is below the water and and this is the essential part. Uh, and I come back to the to the partnership now. You need all the partners in this in this value chain to find solutions. It does not make sense to do it on your own. Understand. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of those technologies, uh, Robert. When you when you kick this off, you talked a little bit about the problem, the challenge. Uh, what were some of the things that you tried to tackle, and what was the what was the approach that you took from a, a technical perspective? Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> question. Of course, uh, what what was the the, the bigger problem uh, we faced? So. At first, I think the, the most important thing is we work together with uh, uh, professionals like in the heating business and the electricity business and and with our uh, experts and researchers from our shareholders. But um, to build up a, a whole energy system like the uh, power plants on the roof is it PV or solar thermal, and the working together with batteries, the, um, the connection uh, to all the sensors, uh, that's a new system for all the experts who have to build it. So all the experts like the installation business workers or the electricians, they do only their aspect, yeah? and they don't understand the whole system. So what we faced, and I think what the whole business and the whole industry has to learn is work again, work together, try to understand what is going on in the new energy world. So they have to talk together, they have to learn and then find out what what is the system in this building, for example, we are sitting in here. Uh, and that's a, a, a very important point that not only the energy system itself changes, but all those who mount things, who mount the solar power pan panels, for example, have to be aware and capable uh, of connecting it to uh, the storage facilities or to 
computers, for example, and sensors. That's a very, very important point um, uh, for the future uh, to make the whole system working. That's one, one very, very important thing. Well, one, mm -hmm. one thing is, for example, that we are not developing equipment here in, in Seestadt Aspen. Yeah. So we are just using uh, equipment which is already available on the market. But there are always big gaps between the professions. Um, they are installing the PV, they are installing the battery, they are installing the heat pump systems, but nobody is really um, responsible for the whole system when it comes to operation. Yeah. When it comes to operation, then the operator always says, okay, this is not working and that is not working and the software is not good enough and the, the user interface is not good enough because everything is already in place. But working together and developing these systems together, that brings a real, um, that brings us uh, to a point uh, where we can say, okay, when something is not working, we have all the people on the table to, to change it. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about energy system, we, uh, I, I, I will always talk about, or I want to talk about decentralized energy systems because we have uh, we have buildings now. Um, they are providing the heating and the cooling via uh, heat pump systems, and they are using groundwater and air as, as resources. Um, and when you build such systems. Um, very often the the facility management or the operator they have to understand the whole system to re, to be in the position to operate it in the right way so facility management is not uh, comparable in the future with that what was it for 10 years ago yeah so we are talking about computer added facility management so they have to understand all the systems they have to understand the uh, digital twins when we have a, a, a digital twin of a building and to operate with it. Uh, so it brings us to a point that we have, from equipment point of view, we have standard products in our project. But from mm -hmm. the operation point of view, how to manage it in the future, uh, we have completely new functionality. Uh, we are dealing, for example, with weather data, etc. Uh, to uh, to have um, a clue about what happens tomorrow, what happens the day after tomorrow with the system, how should I manage my storage system. So it's a completely change in the mindset necessary of, of, of operators, for example, but also for the people who are investing in such buildings. They are, they are now in a position to say um, that we have not just to think about the building itself, but also about the whole infrastructure. And I think this is a this is a change in the mindset. Change in the mindset and and sorry, Robert, please. Yeah, to to come back to that, what what Oliver mentioned, that's more uh, more or less on the end of the scale in optimize optimizing an energy system. That's facility management and predictive maintenance and so on and so forth. That's more or less. Uh, one of our use cases in the end, or part of three. But what else do we do? Or what else do we look? At? Uh, do we have a closer look? It's it starts with planning a building, is the one thing. 
It has to do with length, with height, with voluminous, with um, uh, with everything which is uh, the building, referring to the building. But how uh, do I bring all this technology into that building? So the planners of the building and all uh, those people who create an energy system or plan an energy system have to work together in a very, very early stage. Um, that's one thing that uh, is one of our use cases as well, because uh, mm -hmm. we want to have uh, building information modeling uh, for the, the heat system, for uh, the sensor system, and it has to fit into the BIM model of all the construction uh, companies. So they have to work together. Then we establish on basis of all the data and the digital twins we have here uh, at ISCR, uh, we want to uh, start to operate the building or try to operate the building in the computer. That's what I mentioned before, uh, long before uh, the first caterpillar comes and digs out the hole to start building the building. So, and that's the important thing. And we are now at the point with our use cases to start at the beginning. Let's simplify it. You can say, let's talk the planner together with all the energy system creators. And in the end, how to optimize the operation of all the systems in the building. And that mm -hmm. uh, on a digital basis long before the building is being built. Absolutely. And and that links really nicely to where I'd like to jump in. I think in our conversations um, in preparation, we talked around the building, the smart building, and like you described, BIM, the digital twin process and, and the digitalization of many of these kind of manual processes. We talked a bit about the, the smart grid uh, and, and creating a smart grid. And then talking about e-mobility, something which is maybe was not on the forefront of our thought process uh, 10 years ago, but absolutely is today and, and will be more and more. So let's dive into those really quickly. You mentioned it already, uh, Robert, um, taking, taking the BIM approach from a building perspective, uh, creating those digital twins. Um, what are some examples you have for us as you describe this? The, the the digital construction, the digital testing and operation, the 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 planning phase starting extremely early with all stakeholders. What does that look like now uh, after we're some years through the process in the in your in your attempts to digitalize some of those operation processes and the the commissioning and the the different manual steps that would happen in a traditional sense. Uh you mean it in, in reference to electro uh, e-mobility? Uh, did I get you right there? No, let's let's get to e-mobility, but before yeah. we get there, look at the smart building. Uh, you, you described the BIM process. You described leveraging the digital twin. Uh, do you have an example for us about what th that's enabled you to achieve um, with a building by leveraging those digital processes? Yeah, for for example, that's our technology center two. That's a, a certain building here in the in the area of one of our shareholders, of, uh, the Vienna Business Agency, and we more or less bimified uh, this building after it or during the process of erection uh, and 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 building, 
And uh, so we have uh, a view of certain points on the timeline. So like uh, when the building was where only the bricks were, simple, simple set, built then with uh, an intermediate state and then uh, at the end. And we see through this uh, uh, bimification, we see not only where uh, the interesting points are, like the point of interest, but we know where the sensors are and so on and so forth. So forth. And now the whole system which is developed uh, there watches what is going on there. How do more or less the, the heat pump, how does the heat pump feel? Yeah? Does it have any problems? We have sound sensors there, everything. And uh, if there are uh, some alerts that the system, it's artificial intelligence, watches the facility manager. It watches his actions. What is he doing? And in the future, uh, out of this uh, system we developed, uh, it will suggest uh, an action to the facility manager. So what, uh, what's the output then? One facility manager is not only responsible for one, two or three buildings. He can operate and manage through this developed IT uh, solution more um, more uh, buildings and the system learns itself and uh, into the direct direction of predictive maintenance. So that's a, a very uh, cost-efficient um, process uh, and to save money in the end. Yeah, absolutely. But but I think also when we talk about predictive maintenance, something that as an industry we talk a lot about, but really seeing it in real life and making it happen are two very different things. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Just, just uh, when uh, Robert mentioned it, uh, to have uh, we call it uh, electronic ears. Uh, we have audio systems installed to to just to have a closer look at the at the behavior of a heat pump system, how it's so how the sound is, uh, and to find an anomalies uh, in the in 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 these mm -hmm. sounds. Uh, but our heat pumps, for example, they are completely new. So there are no anomalies currently. So we have to be innovative here in that way to produce uh, artificial faults, I would say. Um, so this is this is the daily way of doing uh, how to do how we develop our systems. So sometimes we have to be innovative in that way. Uh, on the other side, we found Sometimes there are errors or mistakes done by some professionals uh, we are not expecting. Um, and when we analyze the data, for example, we, we make, we call it heat maps of, of, of data. Uh, and then we see the problem areas in, in, in red color. And then you can see, or when you talk to the professionals, uh, they often say, we wouldn't find that error in a, in a certain time frame without data analysis. So not everything what we do is, is really planned before. Uh, a lot of applications, a lot of tools are developed on the run, uh, getting new ideas during the project, 
and 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 so we make one step to the other. Uh, we have a, a real toolbox now in the in the area of building, but also in the area of the grid, uh, in the how we manage data. So we are we are really in a in a way to say we plan our use cases and we plan our technology developments and we are talking about which building would fit best to in our test bed. Uh, but the real innovation and the real um, or the best ideas, they are coming during the process when we do the project itself. Amazing. And, and I think this reflects back to, sorry, Robert, please. Oh, there's another point. What, what we saw uh, was, it's more or less a funny story, but the true one. Uh, the one big uh, source of mistakes or failures are we. The people, <laughs> the operators, yeah, the operators. So I can remember when we installed uh, uh, our battery system uh, for a charging system for the and the battery system for the EVs, and so the technician, our colleague Robert, uh, he set the switch that it doesn't uh, unload lower than fifty percent the battery just for safety, yeah. And after, I think, three or four weeks, we we noticed the battery doesn't, um, uh, that the cap uh, it doesn't uh, go down below 50%. And we asked ourselves why. And we, we forgot that he said the switch, that it doesn't uh, go under 50%. And I think it took one or two weeks uh, uh, till we found out that that was the first setting of the switch. So uh, sometimes we are uh, the reason for some mistakes. <laughs> hey, but but also a great reminder, you know, when when we uh, so much of that innovation, as you say, comes on site. But those mistakes you don't find unless you're there and taking notice. And and yeah. what we know in the industry is that so many buildings are built, and on on day one the the keys are handed over, and and things are not touched again. And you yeah. then have a system that you, you may have designed perfectly, that might be the perfect size and functionality, but if it's only going to 50%, it's not giving the benefit that it could be. And yeah. and I, uh, this is always, this is something, I guess, the, you know, these hotspots of data and this understanding and insight that, that, that we're able to find, knowing that you, you always need those experts to understand and recognize the problem and then use the tools to find the solution moving forward. Yeah. Um, one last question before before we wrap up. Uh, I mentioned e-mobility before, and you talk about you talked earlier around you know creating these these smart buildings, connecting them to the grids, r realizing the transparency, and then and then operating things differently. Um, and then something changes. Uh, you know, maybe we we already foresee e-mobility, but perhaps the the uptake is is faster than than we would expect. How has your experience been through these nine years, almost 10 years, as expectations and goals have changed? And how have you managed that within within this project? Yeah, maybe I start. Um, that was one of the major ideas at the beginning that we want to connect the building with the grid because we saw that when we have decentralized energy management systems, we have PV on the roof, we have heat pump systems, 
then the the behavior of the building itself uh, on the interface to the grid will change completely. Yeah, normally the building is just consuming energy, and now the building is producing energy, is storing energy, and needs at a certain time no energy from the grid and or even gives energy back to the grid. And on and when it's foggy, for example, or in the night, uh, he's uh, consuming grid, uh, energy from the grid. And then combining the building with the immobility infrastructure uh, brings the whole system to a completely new level because e-cars, when you imagine you have 10 or 20 e-cars in the cellar um, coming home at all at the same time and plug in all at the same time, uh, you have an energy peak. Yeah. And now this is a, a perfect example, I think, how e-mobility and e-mobility infrastructure, the building itself and the network has to interoperate in the future. And therefore, we need communication technologies, interfaces, standardized interfaces, how this should work in the future. Uh, and we are currently just working with one building with 10 charging stations uh, with a small PV, with a small battery and one interface to the network. And it's, I really um, say it from the, yeah, it is really complex, yeah, just one building. Um, and to imagine that I have to operate a whole city district like Aspen uh, within the next 10 years, uh, this puts a lot of pressure on all the uh, shareholders in, in this system. Um, so I think this is a good example to see how all these entities have to work together. Uh, and how important it is that we test it here in Seestadt Aspen in the real world. Because I come back to my uh, example of the iceberg. Uh, yeah, the e-cars are already available and the charging station are also available. But all the infrastructure in the, in the background is not available. How to operate charging stations in a smart way in the future when... Uh, building is producing energy during the day. How do I bring this energy directly to the e-car? Or when the e-car is not here, how do I store it in the battery to give it to the car in the evening? All these things must work automatically and in a very efficient way. And these systems are currently under development. And everybody who says it's already available, just try to buy it. It is not available, yeah? We are still developing these things, uh, and 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 that's the big point for for the whole e-mobility industry. I think in the future, they will only sell e-cars in a in a large amount, and we will only buy e-cars in a large amount when the infrastructure is working. Yeah, when you need twenty four hours to charge your e-car, you will go back to the old one. Understand, yeah. and 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 a great example of of the complexity that comes with it. Um, let's finalise. It's been a great conversation, uh, Robert Oliver. Thank you so much for your time. I'd like to ask you both, what's next uh, for Aspen Smart City Research? Uh, you have some years already in, in in the road, but if you look forward, what happens next for ASCO? 
So we have there is there is still a lot to do in the in the network. Uh, we developed in the, the last five years, we developed a lot of tools and, and applications for network planners, for network operators. Uh, and we tested it in a small smart grid in Aspen. And now it's the question how to roll it out to a, to a city like Vienna with 2 million inhabitants. So this is a, a, a process uh, we have to face. Uh, so in, there is a lot to do in the grid. We have um, the next step towards uh, buildings is definitely to to close the gaps between planning, construction, and operating a building, uh, using building information modeling, developing um, digital twins, including the primary energy uh, supply systems all the sensors, that's a question of Internet of Things. All these technologies have to be integrated in a building to do the next step in the building area from a smart building to an autonomous building. Uh, and then interconnecting buildings together, not only in the data and in the electricity world, but also in the thermal world, yeah, to exchange heating and, and, and cooling between buildings. Uh, and then for sure, uh, all the topics around e-mobility, yeah? how to integrate e-mobility infrastructure in the whole system, how to develop, to develop the interfaces. So this is, this is what we are already doing and what we are uh, planning also for the next, I would say the next decade. Uh, but what comes also in our mind is now, for example, just a just an idea how to decarbonize uh, the district heating system yeah, in a city like Vienna, um, how to make large, really large power plants combining wind parks and PV. Yeah? So not everything what we, plan, we are, what we are currently planning will be realized in, in Aspen Seestadt. So we, we are definitely thinking about uh, spreading our testbed uh, around Vienna, uh, but that is in some the plans for the next decade. Yeah, from from my point of view, besides the con the very important content, um, it's necessary to set up a new research and development program, and uh, what is more important is to convince the shareholder to go on into a next period, because they. They had their researchers in our group working together with others and had their experiences and uh, they have their output and they think, okay, I want, uh, they think about making it for their own. Yeah, 10 years is enough. Mm -hmm. And that's quite understandable on the one hand. On the other hand, what we think and what we experience on a daily basis is that, and I come back to my first statement, Working together is more beneficial, and we have to convince the one of the shareholders that it is very important. And now we try to figure out what's the best way of working to, together uh, for the next level with those shareholders. Uh, and even we have to change, uh, our project management has to change. We have to become more agile. We were very precise in the beginning with controlling uh, all the steps and uh, not only 
controlling in, 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 in respect of steer, but just to check check the steps what uh, the researchers made. Now I think it's time to change our uh, way of doing research together with our shareholders. And uh, so we want to make uh, several suggestions uh, to our shareholders and try to get them into the next level. <laughs> I would underline that uh, it's it's not only about technology. It's only uh, it's also about the the processes, how to reach your goals. Yeah, uh, so just developing a new system is is not everything. Uh, another one and another yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. So you you could um, just a just an example. We have we have eight or nine uh, building test beds running. Uh, we have six technology fields where we are developing different kind of technologies and we have nearly 20 use cases. So we have to coordinate and, and all these things in a technical way, but also in an administrative way. So this is a big challenge also from from program management point of view. So not everything is about technology here in Aspen. There is a lot of uh, things around. But the core is always uh, the research and development program. And we are developing now the new program uh, for the future. And hopefully we will be successful also in the future. We will. We will be. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. And, and, and a great way to finish because what I feel, uh, you know, through this whole conversation and you mentioned, both of you mentioned it multiple times, that collaboration, that partnership, uh, you know, it, it's all about the we uh, and being involved early, all the different stakeholders, all the different uh, professionals, whatever, whether they're installing, developing solutions, delivering, operating. Uh, or this conversation is is an essential part of how we need to move forward. And you're, you're demonstrating that and learning and teaching the rest of us so much uh, through Aspen Smart City Research. So. Um, firstly, Robert, Oliver, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. It's it's hugely appreciated. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you too. Thank you for the invitation. It's an absolute pleasure. And I hope at some point we talk more in the future. But, but for everyone out there listening, please take the opportunity. Search for Aspen Smart City Research. There's a lot of information out there. They're doing really cool things and they're discovering a lot of stuff and making what we talk about in the industry real and finding the finding the cracks, finding the the, the tough spots and also di discovering, developing and, and moving us all forward to, to get to where we ultimately need to be. So check it out, uh, get out there and, and search and find. Um, and I'm sure that you also have the opportunity to reach out to Robert and, and Oliver in one of our amazing social media options out there to, to continue the conversation. But until then, please remember to like, share, uh, and comment on this episode, subscribe to the show, and we hope that we hear more and more from, from Aspen Smart City Research in the future. Uh, until then, we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you all.